Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. Well, hello everybody. This is Wandering in the Word for Sunday, February 5th. Yay! Woohoo! Yeah, we're in February now. Yeah, we're wandering in the cold because it yeah. is just Arctic outside. And um, so I feel like somehow that colors how I read scripture in some way, shape, or form. We'll have to, mm-hmm. we'll suss that out. <laughs> yeah. Our context influences how we read from week it to week, should, for yeah. sure. 100%. Um, yeah, so we've got, uh, I think, some familiar words from Jesus mm-hmm. uh, this morning. So um, would one of you like to read our gospel? I can. Thanks, Melissa. You're welcome. From Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light in all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until it is all accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. Christ. Jesus is a bit salty there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm done. You're not going to make a lit joke while you're at it? Oh, that was my next one. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, you said you were done. We're so lit. Yeah. We do have a candle and some salty. We have, uh, like, props. We were were prepared for this this gospel reading somehow. Um, Yeah. We've got light. We've got salt. We've got Jesus being salty um, at the end. Or just maybe telling it like it is. He's telling it how it is, I think. But there's kind of, like, two sides to this, I think. On one hand, we can be like... When Jesus is like, you are the light of the world, we gotta be like, thanks, Jesus. Like, yeah. that's, that's so great. That's really like, nice. we are, are sort of worthy. We are very important um, yeah. to the world. And then on the other hand, like, this is a big responsibility. This is mm-hmm. like kind of a lot of pressure that, you know, this, this one lamp has to give light to all in the house in the same way yeah. we are meant to do that for all the people we encounter as well. And so... Um, I don't. I don't think it's an easy thing. No, it's not. Um, but so you will probably notice in verse um, sixteen something familiar from bap- from uh, baptisms that we do in the same way. Let your light shine before others, as we light the baptismal candle. We say this so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Um, yeah, there's kind of a, some work to be done with that light. Um, for sure. It is like, yeah, both kind of, I guess we could say in Lutheran lingo, it's a little law and a little gospel. Um, good news is that Jesus is kind of saying, you're light and go use it. Right. <laughs> Don't hide it. 
don't hide who you are. Um, yeah, like there's nothing conditional about this. Like if you are really the salt of the earth, you'll do this. If he's like, you are the salt of the earth. You yeah. are the light of the world. Like that's not even up for debate because that's who we were created and called to be. Yeah. And so now it's how do we kind of embrace that identity and that mission? How do we live that out where we are? Yeah, I have to laugh because it's winter. And so what do you do with salt in the winter? You trample it underfoot. Uh, right. That is what it's good for. It's very um, good for that. So, uh, yeah, you know, it can be used. Um, and it is, I don't know what happens to salt if it's lost its saltiness. I don't think it's salt it anymore. Right. Yeah, it's more sand. But um, I was kind of struck by the, by the first half of this. And um, by, I mean, these are things for community. These are not for you. Salt doesn't exist to be its own thing. And light that you have lit does not exist just for the sake of the candle. It's like for the benefit of those around you. And so that's why you don't hide it. And that's why you uh, don't lose your saltiness. Because your your flavor, your taste, your um, you, your purpose. Because you're there to like help food taste better for others. And you're there to help others find their way and see. Um, it's not just for you. Yeah. So I think that's kind of nice. <coughs> Excuse me. What I think about salt, too, is that it's encouraging in, in sort of the scale and scope of what salt does for us as far as food. Um, no one no one wants to, like, eat a brick of salt. That would be <laughs> disgusting. No. Like, you can have maybe too much salt. I don't know what that does for the metaphor. But the idea that, like, a little bit of salt makes a big mm -hmm. difference. And, you know, for anybody who does cooking or especially, you know, baking where you can't just kind of keep adding what you're missing. Mm -hmm. um, if you leave out your, the salt, even if it's a teaspoon or two, like you will taste that in the yeah. finished product. It'll just be lacking some, some oomph. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so when we feel <clears throat> small or weak or, you know, inadequate in some way, uh, you know, like salt, I think God continues to work through our 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 weakness, our meekness, and and it makes a difference. Yeah, you know, like uh, the right amount of use of salt often isn't noticed. You're right. You know, if you don't usually taste it and go, mm, I love the salt flavor of this. <laughs> Unless you're eating French fries, I mean. Well, that is true. That yeah. is very true. It, it somehow enhances There's the grease and things. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's you know the salt in and of itself is is kind of helping the whole dish. Ideally, like yeah. I think that kind of continues that idea, um, like with the light. Um, the other thing I think is interesting about Matthew is so this is this comes right after our Beatitudes from last week. Um, so we had the the Sermon on the Mount, which is kind of continued. Yeah. Jesus gave the Beatitudes, and now that's onto this, and we're going to go for two more chapters of just these kinds of sayings and teachings of Jesus. And so, um, most likely, most scholars would don't think that this was literally one sermon that Jesus gave at one specific time, per se. He might have given one sermon on the Mount, but like this is kind of a collection of all of his his best teachings. The greatest hits. The greatest hits uh, of Jesus. Compiled. And so like that kind of stuck. And I think the it, for me that's helpful to look at kind of each of these as kind of an independent thing. We're not necessarily weaving a, a complete tapestry of like like we would like our sermons always flow perfectly <laughs> right? and it just cohesive yeah. and makes sense all the way through sometimes we read this and go wait what does that have to do with what does salt have yeah. to do with jesus fulfilling the law like mm. we could probably find a connection but really it's just like all of these these teachings and sayings of jesus that have stuck around because there's some 
truth in them yeah. of some, some means. Um, and so I, th- I think that's helpful for me for the second half where like the last line is, you know, unless you hear righteousness exceeds the scribes and Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, wh- wait, what? <laughs> you know, that's, that's hard to hear. Um, but I, I don't think that's quite the point. I think Jesus was making a, an emphasis in this particular chunk of texts about, um, I don't know what he's trying to make a point about. Something. <laughs> There's some good points uh, in there's here. There's some good points. But, yeah, uh, it does feel like two very specific kind of sections, even in yeah. this one brief passage, that between verse 16 and 17, there, you know, there's a big breath at, at the very least. That yeah. Now we're kind of going into what is the role of the law and the prophets and how do they continue to exist kind of alongside of Jesus' teachings or sort of undergirding them or... I mean, in some cases, <laughs> Jesus is like, "Oh yeah, that that was the law, but I'm giving you this new, this yeah. new thing." And so, um, it's it's not a, a simple relationship, and I think the complexity of these few verses kind of bears that out. Yeah, it does get kind of some mixed metaphors, maybe, and then mm-hmm. a little confusing. But well, I, this is interesting. I think in light of our Old Testament reading. Oh, yes. As well. So, um, do you want me to go ahead and read that one? Sure. All right. So, Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 12. So, it's a little long, but... um, (laughs) So, settle in, people. Settle in, (laughs) folks. But um, this is, uh, I think, right after (coughs) Israel has come back from exile. or They're coming back from exile in Babylon, and so God's kind of giving them some instructions, I think. So... Shout out, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments, they delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parts places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. 
Hoofda. All right. Wow. <coughs> so, uh, this is a little bit kind of harkening back to Micah, I feel like, from last week. A lot of read. similar themes, for uh, sure. Um, you know, God's saying, I don't want all of your, like, kind of bogus, <laughs> fake kind of worship. Superficial. Superficial, um, going through the motions stuff where you stand there and say how great I am. Mm-hmm. What I want is you to do something to help others. <laughs> you know, loose right. the bonds of injustice and um, feed the hungry and um, kind of goes through this list of things. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, right. Do something useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Micah kind of did the same things. Like, I don't want your rivers of oil and all these mm-hmm. things. I want you to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with me. I mean, it is kind of, there is something about um, religious practice that kind of is that sort of posturing. It's kind of performative, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think, you know, fasting and, and, and these things that can be done superficially can also be done well, depending mm-hmm. on your intentions. But the thing is, they're just completely hollow if you're not also, right. you know, putting them into practice and like putting your money where your mouth is, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, it's a, a fair criticism I think a lot of people give of, of Christians today and those who go to church. It's like you go to church on Sunday and you sing all these praises and you do all these prayers, you listen to a sermon, and then you go out and you act terrible to other people. You know, <laughs> I think of like, you know, the reading people's Facebook posts is just like a kind of a funny light one. I don't think that's what God had in mind was Facebook 3,500 years ago. But, um, <coughs> but you know, like you, you say one thing and you do another. And and here God is, is saying, here's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I, you know, I think the, the formation that we get through our spiritual practices and, and things are important. But if you're just going to church on Sunday and then using that as a tool to like look down at everybody else who didn't, kind of missing the point yeah (laughs) um so you're supposed to go out and be the salt of the earth and this the the light um that shines for the world and um you do that by you know taking care of the homeless and giving bread to the hungry and letting the oppressed go free and um those things that isaiah is listing it's a lot harder to do right they're challenging Mm -hmm. and not easily done so um, but there's some beautiful imagery in here I think. Yeah, this is a nice. This is a nice passage. Even it's a little confrontational for my taste, but uh, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of truth in here too, and I think we it resonates with us. You know, all these millennia later, you know, the the idea to check your heart. You know, yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also, as we were reading through Isaiah, I brought up this uh, contrast between law and gospel that you mentioned at, during our our Matthew conversation that um, when you're reading scripture and whenever you see some conditional things with like the word if, if this, then that, that's probably law. Mm -hmm. If you see a because this, therefore that, that's likely to be gospel. And so what we have in the, the Old Testament prophet is not surprisingly law. And there's still promise here for us. But, um, starting in verse 8, probably, it's like, after you do all these things, then your light shall break forth like the dawn. Then all of these good things will begin to happen. And I I read a lot of those as sort of like the natural consequences or like the outcomes of your behavior. 
Um, but you know, if you remove the yoke, if you offer your food to the hungry, then your light shall rise. That the Lord will guide you continually. That um, great promise, very hopeful. And yet there's that little like contingency attached mm-hmm. in Isaiah's writing that that maybe we we see Jesus coming and transforming into gospel for us. Yeah, well, you know, Jesus says that in, in our, our Matthew reading. Um, I've not come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come to fulfill them, to kind of like make them complete. And certainly he was thinking of Isaiah and texts like that, because um, that's what Jesus lived out in his ministry, you know, was, was just that. Um, yeah, because if we look to ourselves, like, <laughs> if you remove the pointing of the finger and the speaking of you, like, nope, it is just never going to happen. Like, yeah. we can't. We try so hard, but we're so human, and it's so easy to to gossip or mm-hmm. judge or, you know, yeah. all of those things that we are guilty pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, there is some ifs in here, but um, it is, I mean, you know, we still have work to do and we still that is the light that we shine it's not um simply like hey look at me i'm a light i'm a lit candle everyone look how shiny i am and how great i am like no that's not the that's not what we're called to there's a far more work to do than just lighting a candle so um yeah but well uh closing thoughts for isaiah or matthew today yes i'm still waiting (laughs) to be called the repairer of the breach yes (laughs) what a name that would be yeah that's the restorer of streets to live in that is a day we long for one day we shall be called that yes indeed so well good conversation everyone uh we're glad you all could join us today for our wandering in the word for february 5th 2023 for melissa pastor brandy and myself thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon bye bye thank you for joining us today for another wandering in the word podcast here at first lutheran church in minot north dakota 